Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dog Lucy. Together we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs whose work is inspired by their dogs. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. Hey guys, so this week I am recording a solo episode because I'm going to tell you all about how I am creating an online store for my blog. I've been working on this for a while uh, and it's been quite a process and I know that a lot of you listening might dream of having your own store or somehow an online business Uh, and so I hope that whatever I can share from my experience can help you do just that. So um, let me start out by talking about why I wanted to create an online store. Eventually, one of my biggest dreams is to have a line of Wag Repeat items in PetSmart or Target. That's really my dream. I'd love to do like some really big brand collaborations. And one of the things that I have learned is that I need to prove the concept. Basically, show big brands that my audience cares about what I have to say, they believe in me, and that they will buy things from me. Uh, So I thought that setting up an online store would be a really great way to prove to everyone that Wear Wag Repeat is a brand that people love and that I'm a brand that people love. So, you know, I'm doing it myself. (laughs) And then the brands can kind of come along and seek me out. So I actually had some ideas for this earlier in the year. Back in February, I was at Alt Summit, and I think I've talked about Alt Summit before on the podcast, um, probably on one of my other solo episodes. It's basically a rainbow explosion in Palm Springs. It's a conference for uh, people in like the design and creative and blogging industry, and it's 99% women that go to it, and it's just at the most colorful location venue that you can imagine and it's just full of creative amazing people and I'm so inspired by all of the people that I meet there. So when I was there I was just exploding with a million ideas of course and one of the companies that I met and talked to was a was a company that helps uh, influencers create their own branded merchandise. I think they might work with Studio DIY um, which is a blog turned super brand. Um, The woman who runs it, she creates lots of really cool, funky, creative products. And I think that companies like this help her do that. So so that was really interesting. That kind of got my wheels turning. And then I was also there with one of my friends who runs a print-on-demand business. Uh, And she works with a lot of artists in the Toronto area. Um, She's based in Toronto, but she works with people all over the world. And she was talking to me about how easy it is to set up a Shopify store to print your own goods um, with your own designs and everything on them and get it out in the world. And so I had all these kind of ideas swimming around in my head and I was, you know, thinking about it for a while, but it was kind of in the back of my head because I had a lot going on as usual. <laughs> and then, uh, one of the, one of the things I love to do when I walk Lucy is listen to podcasts. Maybe you're walking your dog right now as you're listening to this podcast. Um, so, so in the springtime, I remember it was a, it was a rainy day in the spring and I was listening to the Making a Business podcast from Being Boss. Being Boss is an amazing podcast full of business advice. If you haven't subscribed to it, it's a really great show. 
I'm actually looking forward to going to their retreat in September in New Orleans and meeting Kathleen and Emily that run it. Um, but they also created an offshoot podcast called Making a Business, and it was all about how one of the women from Being Boss, Emily, was creating a new online business called Almanac Supply Co. And she was thoughtfully curating it with really limited products. So she was only really carrying two things, I think, to start, candles and crystals. And in this podcast, they were they were really going on and on about how she was inspired by the seasons. So she would have a candle for spring and one for summer. She'd have different crystals um, that were curated based on the different seasons. And that is really when the light bulb went off for me. And I realized I could start an online store just selling a few things. I didn't have to instantaneously become the next Chewy or Amazon or something like that. I could just start out with a few really purposeful, curated, intentional items. So my original idea was to sell cards, candles, and collars. So I was thinking the cards could be like birthday cards to and from you and your dog. The candles would be based on the seasons. I was really inspired by how Emily did that. And as a dog owner, the seasons are very important because we spend so much time outdoors, more time outdoors probably than most other people because we need to walk our dogs every day no matter what. So I'm very affected by the seasons uh, when I'm taking care of Lucy. So I thought that was a very interesting concept. And then, of course, I wanted to sell collars because what dog owner doesn't need collars? And that's sort of more of a utilitarian item that I thought people would be interested in buying while the cards and candles are a little bit more of like a treat yourself kind of a thing. So it all started to just kind of come together and fall in my lap. I was talking to one of my friends who owns a boutique here in Pittsburgh called Juju and she sells crystals and candles. So it's very coincidental. I'm, I'm surrounding myself with these people, <laughs> which is wonderful. They have amazing energy and, and spirits. I love it. Um, so I was talking to Leslie and she turns out knew someone who knew someone who makes candles and she connected me. We, we did some Googling and she remembered the name of it and she connected me with, uh, this candle company based in Colorado. And I set up a phone call. I emailed them. I checked out their website. Um, before I set up a phone call, I actually ordered, some candles from them just to see what they were like before reaching out, before even making contact. I placed an order because I wanted to see what their products were like and they were wonderful. I was so impressed. I love them. I love the packaging. And this was when it, like another like light bulb went off in my head. When I got the candles in the mail, they were packaged really beautifully. And the little, the little box that the candle was in had a paper sleeve around it. And on the sleeve, it described you know, what kind of candle it was, the ingredients that were in it, which was all eco-friendly and natural soy-based wax and cosmetics-grade essential oils. And then on the bottom, it said that the owners support animal rescue and that they're inspired by their dogs and they're basically dog moms. So unintentionally and unbeknownst to me, these candle makers were also passionate, creative dog moms. So I just thought this was meant to be. And so that is when I emailed and set up a phone call. 
and I talked with the owner there about what I was envisioning doing, of uh, having some some different candles based on the seasons. Uh, I already knew in my mind that I wanted to call my spring or summer candle puppy breath. I thought it would be really cute to have a candle called Zoomies that smelled like fresh cut grass because that's just what I think of when I think of my dog getting a case of the Zoomies is just running through the grass. And so she told me how their process works and that they're able to um, manufacture candles and put your own labeling on them. So she actually even connected me with the label maker and I coordinated with them and did a, did a lot of um, research into how that all would work and all the pricing and everything. And that's where I started to make an invest, a real investment in this shop. Um, when I saw that these candles were going to come together and that was a big part of my vision, uh, then I, I realized the cost of the labels and I knew that I would have to kind of invest in this project to get it off the ground. So um, I knew I wanted my labels to be really beautiful. So the next thing that I did was I reached out to my designer who designed the brand and the web design for wearwagrepeat.com. She made my logo and came up with my color scheme and everything about two years ago. Her name is Brittany, and she's a dog mom in Texas. So I just love being able to work with dog moms. I, I actually purposefully am working with all dog moms for the Wear, Wag, Repeat shop because through interviewing people on this podcast and just through networking with people on Instagram and in person and at the dog park, I know that dog moms are amongst the most passionate and um, caring and thoughtful people on the planet. So I knew that I really wanted to work with other dog moms that would put as much care and love and attention into everything that they were doing for my business as I do myself. So, so that was really important to me. So the candle makers were dog moms. Um, my, my label designer, Brittany, she's a dog mom. And I knew it was important to hire someone to design my, my labels. I, I tried to do it myself for about 20 minutes and I realized that was a waste of time <laughs> because they were not going to look good. And that's when I reached out to Brittany and we went through a few revisions and she ended up creating a beautiful label. It was really important to me that the labels were beautiful because I just wanted this candle to be something that people would keep around their house for a long time. Of course, burn it and enjoy the scent and everything, but also just enjoy the beautiful aesthetics of the candle. Um, it's a beautiful glass jar and a beautiful label. And that was just really important to me. I have like diptyque candles and other like fashion-y candles around my house. And I really wanted my candles to be something like that. So Brittany created an amazing design. And then based off of um, the label printing company, I had to place an order for 500 labels. So that's a lot of labels, you guys. <laughs> and originally, I was only placing an order for like 15 candles. So to, to order 500 labels, I was like, holy crap. But it was such a difference in price to order a high volume. So I decided to just bite the bullet. Ordering 500 cost about the same as ordering 250. So, and, and I think the company wouldn't do less than 250. So that's why I decided to just go with 500. Luckily, they were really, really kind and were able to split it up amongst four different 
labels for me, label names. So the, the basic label design is the same, but obviously each candle has a different name. So I had to think ahead to what I want my fall and winter candles to be and figure out the names for those and the scents for those. And actually I pulled my Instagram fans to get some ideas for the holiday candle. It's a Fraser fir scented candle. So I used the polling feature on Instagram stories and asked people to suggest names and then to vote on the most popular names. And what we ended up all choosing as a collective audience was Fur Baby. And it's F-I-R Baby. It's a play on Fur Baby, of course, but since it's Douglas Fur, it's sort of just a nice double entendre. And I think it's going to be really cute and make for really, really cute gifts. And I love that I was able to involve my audience in choosing that name and that they were able to help me choose it in July <laughs> so that I could print my 500 labels. <laughs> so, so that was the whole candle process. Now, if you remember, I, I said I wanted to sell candles, cards, and collars. So next up was the collars and figuring out how to do all of that. I actually know a local collar maker here in Pittsburgh named Scout Dog Collars. And she's carried at a few local stores, and I always see her vending at different dog events. Her name is Sandra. And so coincidentally, we were both working a pop-up shop, um, like a trunk show kind of a thing, at a local boutique in the springtime. And so I had Lucy there with me, and Sandra was selling her collars, and, and I was sort of like helping to style outfits at this boutique. And I asked her if she would be open to making collars exclusively for my shop, making an exclusive like mini collection just for my shop. Um, cause I really wanted to have unique things that were just exclusive to wear, wag, repeat that you couldn't buy anywhere else. So Sandra said, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> it was so easy. It just came together so wonderfully. And her collars are all handmade. And, um, if you go on my, on my shop, which is, it's now live, you guys, you can go to shop.wearwagrepeat.com and you can check it out. But one of the things that I love about Scout Dog and Sandra is that she designs these collars for big dogs. She is a big dog mom and she created this brand because she was looking for a collar that would suit her dog, Scout. Uh, and he needed something that was very distinctive and stylish, but also sturdy. And that fits the Wear, Wag, Repeat brand perfectly as well. So it's just like a perfect union for us to work together. So um, I proceeded, after she agreed and said yes, I proceeded to go look for this dream print, this fabric that I had envisioned in my mind. I, I had many phone calls with my little sister about what kind of a print to use on these collars. And I really, really, really wanted a chocolate chip cookie print because I call Lucy my chocolate chunk and I know a lot of other chocolate lab mamas call their little choco babies chocolate chunks as well. So I thought that would just be super cute. I actually bought a chocolate chip cookie print fabric that it was only like a little tiny square of fabric and I made a little bandana for Lucy last year and whenever she wears it people just go bananas over it. they love it so I knew that people would respond well to the chocolate chip cookie thing and it would make sense for Lucy but instead of um 
the, the fabric I had before was like a pink background. This time I really wanted to use a minty green, greenish blue kind of a background because first of all, the, the logo for Wear Wag Repeat, the dog in the logo has a minty colored collar on. So I thought that would really be cohesive and that would tie in with my whole brand and everything. But then also in talking to my sister, she has a boy dog. And so she said, I better make sure that it is gender neutral because so much of the stuff that I do is pink, 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 and it's so girly. And even though I'm speaking to dog moms, a lot of these dog moms might have male dogs. So it's important to me to make a gender neutral collar. So I started looking for this fabric. And guys, it just... What it seemed like it was too easy. Everything was working out for me up to this point. I went on Spoonflower, which is a really cool site where you can find really unique prints and they're all designed by artists. So what's great about that is that you can sometimes reach out to the artists and ask them to make alterations to certain prints that are available. So I found this chocolate chip cookie print uh, that's perfect. It looks like little hand-drawn chocolate chip cookies on a mint colored background. I couldn't believe it. It existed out there in the world. And the prop, the only problem was the print was really big. The cookies were about one and a half or two inches in diameter. And so it was never going to show up on a little dog collar. It's only one inch wide. I needed like a little, a mini print. So I saw that this designer had a different print, a different design that came in a mini print. So I emailed them and said, hey, is there any chance that you could make these chocolate chip cookies into a mini as well? And she wrote back within an hour and said, oh yeah, sure, no problem. And, and did it right there in the same day. I had the perfect scale for my collars. It was just amazingly perfect. So I ordered the mini print for the collars and then I decided that I would order the regular full size scale print and I would make bandanas to coordinate with it. So that, um, that has worked out really, really well. For the bandanas, um, this was sort of branching out a little bit. I, I do tend to get a little bit carried away and I'm a little bit like, uh, you know, get distracted by shiny objects like a little squirrel. <laughs> it's easy to do when you run your own business because you don't really have anyone there looking over your shoulder to make sure that you're staying on task. So a lot of times I will get go off on a tangent, I'll get some idea, and then I'll start researching something. Like one day I decided I wanted to be really good at hand lettering, and I started watching all these YouTube videos on hand lettering, and four hours later I had like written the alphabet 72 times, but I hadn't got any work done. <laughs> so that's, that kind of stuff tends to happen to me all the time. So around this time I was like, oh, I'm gonna also make bandanas. And then I found a cool YouTube video of someone making these little um, enamel pins kind of and I was like oh my gosh I could make those as like little charms that people could hang on their collars and I just started the wheel started turning and I started thinking like all these crazy ideas and I was getting a little bit far off track from my original concept of keeping it simple and only having three different products to start out with so 
the problem with that was that all these things were very time consuming and they didn't all work out perfectly. So the bandanas, I ended up doing several different uh, prototypes of those and I put a lot of time and effort into it. I decided in the end to make it as a collar sleeve style bandana, which means that it slides over any one inch collar instead of tying around the neck. So like there's a few things I don't really like about bandanas that tie around the neck. First of all, um, it's usually a really big piece of fabric that you have to use to do that. And so it can get expensive. As the maker, I would have to buy a lot of fabric to make a big piece like that. Second of all, um, I, I did make some of those around the holidays, but the problem was that they were a little bit tight on a lot of dogs, including Lucy. And so I would have to like stretch, tie it, and then pull it as tight as I could to get it as loose as possible and then slide it over her head. And even then it was still a little bit tight. So I had difficulty with regular tying bandanas before. The other problem with tie bandanas is that they, they get really wrinkled when you tie them tightly around your dog's neck. If you don't want them to fall off, you have to tie a tight knot. And it gets really wrinkled, and since I'm obsessive, I was always ironing my dog's bandanas so that they would look nice for photos and everything. So by doing a collar sleeve style bandana, I was able to eliminate a lot of those pain points that I'd had with regular tie bandanas. But it required a little bit more prototyping. So I created several different versions and I let Lucy wear them for a whole day and we went about our business on our walks, we went to the park, she jumps in this fountain of the park every time we go there. And I found that my first prototype really wasn't working, it was totally bunching up. The second one that I made was just like too long. The third one that I made, I decided I would do this iron on interfacing inside of the material to make it a little bit stiffer so that it didn't bunch up as much on the collar. And that worked out pretty well, except that the interfacing that I bought, first of all, I dug high and low on amazon.com trying to find what I wanted and spent a lot of time looking for it. And then when I got it, I ended up doing like four layers of it. So that also was not gonna be cost effective or time effective to be putting four layers of that. So then my final perfect version of the bandana actually has a really thick layer of, I guess it's interfacing, but it's not an iron-on kind, it's a sew-in kind, and it's a very stiff kind of material that I sew into the collar sleeve um, portion of this bandana, not the triangle part that hangs down. And, and so that worked out, but it was a lot of work. Now, the collar charms that I had mentioned, those did not work out at all. <laughs> I followed the directions, I did everything that I could, but every time I did it, the clear coat, Mod Podge stuff that I put on top caused the ink on the, on the charms to bleed. And I probably made 20 different versions of these and none of them worked. And I wanted them to work out so badly, but I just had to decide last week that I had to scrap that whole idea. So I was able to get back to my simplified version after wasting many, many hours on other ideas. <laughs> So that's the story on um, on the physical products for my store. Um, the one thing that I left out was the cards. I'm still working on the cards. They're not going to be available for the launch of my shop. I'm only going to be launching with 
my two different candles, the collars, and the collar sleeve bandanas. The cards will be coming later, and I'm also going to be working on some print-on-demand t-shirts, which is an idea I just had yesterday, <laughs> and I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole researching how to do that, um, but that's something I really want to introduce later when the cards come out, hopefully in September, so so stay tuned for more information on that, but that's, that's basically the story with the physical products for my store. So if you're interested in making anything or having your own, having things made for you, um, hopefully that, that information really helped you. Now the technical aspect of the store has also been challenging and interesting to work on. I tried, I, I chose to use Shopify for my store because I'd heard about it from a lot of people and a lot of people told me it's very easy to use. Uh, it's also one of just two platforms that integrate with Instagram and allow you to tag products in your posts. And since I have over 36,000 Instagram followers, I really, really, really wanted to use a program like Shopify that would integrate with my Instagram and it would allow me to sell products directly through my Instagram posts. The only problem is I couldn't get it to link up with my Instagram. So you guys, I probably spent two weeks arguing with Shopify, calling their customer service, emailing their customer service, just trying to find someone who could help me. In the process of doing that, I messed up the DNS records for my website, whatever that means. I had to call GoDaddy and get that fixed. My whole website was down for probably 15 hours and that really sucked. Um, I've also like messed up my Instagram account now. It's it won't connect with my Facebook fan page because Shopify told me to disconnect everything in the hopes that disconnecting and resetting would make the integration work again when I reset everything. Well, not only did it not work, but it like messed things up. So so that was really, really frustrating. Um, Shopify's customer service was not very good in my experience. Um, in the, at the end of the day, I'm really happy with how my store looks. I was able, it is easy to use. Um, it's a, it's a visual editor, so you can go on and you can very easily upload photos. They, the free basic template they have is very nice and mobile friendly and all that kind of stuff. So I was able to very easily set up my products, create pricing, all that kind of stuff. The only problem is dealing with this Instagram integration and dealing with their customer service people who just, I don't think have a lot of experience actually using the program. They all seem to just reference the help articles which are available online, which I could look at myself if I wanted to. Um, so so that, was, that was very, very, very frustrating. And I wasn't sure if the shop was gonna launch or if I was gonna have to switch programs or something like that. But there's just not really any other options that integrate with Instagram. So I decided to just stick it out and hopefully one day it will work. Um, around the same time that all of these struggles were happening, I got a message on Instagram from one of my followers telling me that I make it all look so easy and that she dreams of starting her own business that's maybe dog related and how do I do it all? And it was just such an ironic message for me to get because it was struggle city up in here at that time. And, um, 
And I, I just wanted to tell her that I hit a lot of roadblocks. And the secret for me is I just try not to dwell on them. Sometimes there's really not a lot that I can control. Like with Shopify and Instagram, I did everything that I possibly could. So it's not worth getting upset about. And I think that that's one of the keys to my success is just kind of go with the flow. And if I get a fabulous idea, pursue it and try it and see if it works. But then if you've tried your best, like I did with the collar charms and they just don't work out, you got to, you know, know when to fold them. <laughs> Anyone knows that song? Um, and other times, like with the bandanas, it was worth it for me to put in the extra effort because now the finished product is beautiful and I think my customers are going to love it. So, um, so that so that was just uh, a little morsel of inspiration and advice that I hope helps you guys. Um, eventually, I did get everything set up for the online store. Hopefully, Instagram will work whenever it feels like it, uh, and hopefully that'll be soon because the store is now live. Um, in terms of promoting the store, that's a very important element to launching any type of a business. Uh, it all kind of came together pretty quickly. I've been working on this all summer, but as you know, time flies. And um, all summer really has just been the last eight weeks, which is not a lot of time. Um, so I haven't done any crazy promotions leading up to the launch. But this podcast episode is one example of a marketing tool that I'm using to get the word out. I also posted in my Instagram stories a lot, telling people about the shop, um, letting them know what I'm working on, giving little sneak peeks of things. And then I also mentioned it in the captions on some of my posts in my regular feed on Instagram. Um, I also did some posts on Facebook and on my personal Facebook profile because I know a lot of my friends and family are interested in what I'm doing. And then lastly, my email list is one of my most powerful tools. I have been working on growing my email list for the past year or so. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it because now I have about 1,400 names and I'm going to email them when my shop opens with a special promo code, which you can use as well if you want to. It is WEARWAG10 and that will get you 10% off in the store. Um, and so I'm going to email all my email subscribers about that tomorrow and um, kind of play with the settings within my email service provider. I use ConvertKit and they have a really cool tool that allows you to resend an email to people who didn't open the original one. So I've never done that before. I'm going to try that this week since the launch of the store is very important to me. So, uh, so that's my plan, guys. Uh, the, the hardest part for me out of this whole process is figuring out how I'm going to ship things. So I'm very much a rip off the band-aid type of person. And so I, I've prepared all that I can, but I feel like shipping is something that I'm going to have to figure out when my first few orders come in. I have a whole station set up at my house with all of my products, tissue paper, washi tape, custom thank you cards with Lucy on them. Uh, and since I'm shipping candles, which are a little bit fragile because they're glass, um, I also have some packing peanuts and bubble wrap and that kind of stuff. So um, 
I think it's that that's the only thing that's a little bit of a mystery to me is the shipping, but I will jump that hurdle when it gets here. So I hope this episode has been very helpful to you. I want it to be as transparent as possible so that you could see that it is possible for you to open an online store too, or pursue whatever dream it is that you have in the pet industry. Like I mentioned, the Wear, Wag, Repeat shop is now open. You can visit shop.wearwagrepeat.com to check it out. And don't forget, tag me on Instagram at tmystic if you liked this episode or if you buy anything from the shop. And finally, I'd like to remind you that you can review this show on iTunes. Reviews really help me reach more people and book bigger and better guests for the show. And I'd love, love, love it if you could head over to iTunes and leave a brief review of the show, hopefully five stars, (laughs) screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram. And I would love to give you a special shout out from my account. So uh, until next time, good luck to all of you dog moms out there. I can't wait to see what you're doing and, and what you do with this information that you've learned on this episode. Thank you for listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes for this episode at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, Lucy and I will see you around the dog park.